G'day folks, Ambi here. Um, this is one of those weird type of episodes where Kane is not about. In fact, we're not even in the pub, so let's kind of make it sound a little bit like it's a normal episode. So uh, there we go. Bit of bit of chatter in the background. Bit of bit of music. It's almost like we're in a pub, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, to that extent, if I'm kind of keeping you know the, the game up to date, so to speak, and the way things work. Um, I do have a, a rather nice glass here of, oh god, it's Italian, so I can't really pronounce it very well, as we know with Rinascimento. Um, it's Regaliali, or something like that. It's a, a Nero di Avala from Sicily, so it's basically a red wine from Sicily, which um, I've been to Sicily once. It's a fantastic place, and I um, love the wine there. So I'm um, seeing I'm drinking by myself, I've got nowhere to cheer, so my apologies on that. Yeah, and basically the story for that is that Kainer at this time of the year gets exceptionally busy and um, really is a bit of a no-show, but uh, that, that should only be for about two more weeks and then hopefully his head will um, be able to come back above the parapet and we'll be recording and things will be back to normal. But in the meantime, we've actually got a very special interview here with Ajax from the Nexus Diplomacy. Nexus Diplomacy is a, um, an online t- tournament site bring together players from all the various online diplomacy sites into one, uh, run off a Discord server, it basically makes it easy for everybody to talk to each other, and to be able to compete against uh, a multi-platform environment. Um, so from that point of view, it's fantastic. So um, let's get into it, and here's our interview that uh, Kana and I did record a couple of weeks ago, so things have moved on a little bit within the Nexus diplomacy in real life, but you'll get a bit of a feel for it. Uh, here's our interview with Ajax. Ajax, thank you very much for joining us today on the on the show. Well, wonderful. It's good to be here. No worries. So um, the Diplomacy Nexus, it's something that I've heard of in recent months, but I know it's been around for a little while. It's basically a tournament, is it, that's all done online across platforms. Did you want to kind of explain a little bit about it for our listeners if they've never heard of it as well? Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. My name's Ajax. I'm the founder and current administrator of the Diplomacy Nexus. It's a server project that I began about a year ago with the intent to make an online tournament very similar to the online diplomacy tournament, the online diplomacy championship. Uh, And since that time, starting about a year ago, I think June 15th will be a year from the uh, birth of the Nexus server. We've accumulated about 600 players from all different platforms. I know you play on V-Diplomacy, Web Diplomacy, and Play Diplomacy, but also from sites such as Backstabber or Conspiracy or Duplicity. And we brought all these players together into a chat server. We've made this tournament, and now we're currently battling it out to see who can take home the title of the best online diplomacy player uh, in the world. So we're continuing to expand. We certainly have a lot of room to grow. We certainly have a lot of players that we'd love to see join. Uh, but as of right now, we're currently the largest online diplomacy tournament in the world. So is that 600 active players or is 600 members of the site there, Ajax? Yeah, absolutely. We have a couple different tournaments running. Currently we have 
uh, variant tournament known as a Cold War tournament. It's a 1v1. It's very easy, simple to put together, and players like to judge their one-off 1v1 skill. Uh, but that's not the meat of our tournament. Our main tournament is the Europe Classic 7-player variant, and we receive hundreds of players every season. We operate on a seasonal basis, so two seasons per year. Uh, and while it's true not all of the 600 will play during a given season, we will often see, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of players signing up for these games from all different platforms. That's, that's pretty impressive. How how does the... Um how, okay, so let's, let's start with the basics. How, how are countries assigned? Sure. So we, we start off, actually, if you go to the Nexus, it's Honor, Welcome, and Rules. It's the channel that you first load into when you're, uh, you're joining in and all of a sudden you get all these spam welcomes and, and all the mods want to help you out. But you're loaded into the Welcome and Rules channel, and it does list a little bit about the games and how we uh, run our tournament here. So you start, as I mentioned, for the main tournament on Classic Europe. You play the games until 1910. 24-hour uh, moves, 24-hour builds and retreats. And then countries are randomly assigned, so you don't know what country you're getting as you load into a game. And then the games are private, so ideally nobody knows who is in their game and vice versa. Uh, with a little community such as ours, and probably similar to what you might see in the face-to-face -face world, Players who are quite good tend to build up a reputation as somebody worth taking down or as somebody who might not be uh, very trustworthy. And so there are different players that like anonymity or like to make themselves known uh, as per their, their own desires, whether they want to uh, succeed in the tournament off a name recognition basis or not. But generally speaking, those are the, the official game specs. Well, then have a scoring system where um I, I are you familiar with the sum of square scoring sos yes i am yeah we, we both are but i think just for the purpose of any um, listeners who aren't aware of it do you want to just give a, a quick overview yeah sure so we'll use a pool of 100 points um all the all the points will go into the game and then at the end of the game if there's a solo which tend to be pretty rare i think most most of our tournament games feature the regular draw between two or three or four nations. Um, but if there's a soloist, they will take all of the 100 points, the entire pool. And then if there's a draw, then the leading country will take a proportionate amount of points. And then the second highest country will take a proportionate amount of points, uh, all relative to the number of players left in the game. It's a complicated system, but for those of the listeners that are face-to-face -face players... Uh, it's the system that's most often used, at least here in North America, in face-to-face -face tournaments. So after a 10-year period, that's basically if there has been no solos, the game automatically draw, oh, sorry, con uh, concludes at that point. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So we'll play until 1910 or until the game ends, either by draw or solo. Just as a matter of interest, how many, I mean, proportionally, how many times is there a solo? Um, let's see. That's That's a great question. I could go through... Each of the games, I think of about 55 games, I'd say maybe a little less than 20 ended in a solo. So let's see. I was at, well, yeah, it, it depends. I think I was at uh, Weasel Moot a couple weeks ago and we played, 
I guess, eight games there, and three of those ended in a solo. So around that 33%. Uh, even in face-to-face tournaments, I would still consider that high. But um, but it's a reasonable, it's, it's ballpark to some of the face-to-face tournaments that we're seeing. My, my, my question is more from a um, technical point of view. It's a cross-platform tournament, and you're, you're pulling in players from Backstabber, Web Dip, Play Dip, um, Conspiracy. How, how is it that the moves are made, and how is it that the players are communicating if they're playing on different platforms? Yeah. Uh, I'm just a bit vague on that. No, absolutely. And it's it's one of our biggest challenges right now. Sorry, one more time? I was just saying, he hasn't even been drinking, seeing it's only about 7 a.m. here. <laughs> it's, it's quite <laughs> early in the morning. And yeah, I, I've, got a, I've got a tea myself here. I don't know if you have the characteristic ale or not. I know it's quite early I've got a cup of coffee. over there for you guys right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Absolutely. <laughs> And I, I meant to apologize to the viewers. I don't have this smooth Australian accent, so I I feel like I don't quite fit in. I've got the <laughs> the American accent right now. Uh, I, I don't think my um I don't think Mrs. Kane thinks the Australian accent is smooth. But oh my word, we'll it's, take the compliments when we can get them. Hey. <laughs> oh my word, it's wonderful to listen to. And then you you'll go up to Liverpool or Edinburgh and and get like Captain Meme or another interview on the show, and I just listen to the accents and. As an American, I I love I love the accents. I love listening to them. So uh, I apologize to all the viewers that are listening right now and and to whom the American accent is graded on the ears. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a good question. And just to to recap, you asked how do we get all the players from all the different platforms uh, together, connected, playing the same game? Yeah. We actually have a number of different cues. So when you load up into a conspiracy game, the app for Android, or when you load up to a V diplomacy game or a play diplomacy game, you'll be entered into a queue or there will be a queue of games that are just waiting to start and and you'll join one of them. We have a similar queue uh, in Excel and anytime a player signs up, they can input their name into Google form and they'll say, hey, my name is... um, I'll use my own name, Ajax, for example. I like to play on Backstabber. And my Discord name is, in this case, is still Ajax. And so our sheet will then take that username information and take the game name information and load you into a queue with other Backstabber players. And then when we have seven Backstabber players, the Backstabber game will start with the seven participants that loaded their name into the Google form before. So it's all essentially automated. It's almost like the Nexus plays on its own platform. It's very, um, there's very little evidence that there are a number of different platforms going on. We try and keep it as smooth for all the participants as possible. Then as the turns progress, we like to post screenshots. So occasionally you'll see a backstabber screenshot, spring 1901 or V diplomacy, uh, fall 1904. And as the games go through, you can see all these different players playing on different platforms and get a different skill, a a different sense of skill of all the players. It's really, it's quite fascinating. And our goal here in the Nexus is to bring all these different online platforms together. 
There are V diplomacy players that have never heard of conspiracy. There are duplicity players that don't know what play diplomacy is. And so we're just trying to bring the online community together um, and, and help grow the hobby through the purview of the Nexus. So, sure. Um, so obviously, if you've got backstabber players playing backstabber players and webdip players playing webdip players, at what sure. point of time is there a, um, a confluence of players? So if within an Odyssey a tournament, you're probably, I'm assuming, um, wanting to achieve a, you know, who's the best of the best across all the platforms. At what stage is there a, a meeting of the players, so to speak, across the platforms? Or, and if so, how is that facilitated? Absolutely. So when it comes to the final game, the players have, over the course of the season, been scored according to some of squares, depending on the number of games they've played. So players have an option to play a minimum of three games over the course of about half a year or maximum of six games. And when all in the, and then the top three scores are calculated. So when all is said and done, we'll have a standing sheet. It's actually available on the Nexus. If you go to our website, there is a standings page where you can see uh, all the different players. Actually, I think it's the top 20 players over the course of the season. And those players will, the top seven will go on to play the final game. And, and you're very correct. I mean, we have web dip, we have backstabber, we have play diplomacy players, we have conspiracy players. Typically, we found that backstabber is the most versatile. Uh, we have a number of face-to-face -face players. I think Dave Maletsky I was talking to the other day, and and he even has a play diplomacy account. It's a or sorry, a, a backstabber account. It's a very versatile platform, and it's worked best for our purposes. The GM function is very easy to use, and it makes uh, adjudicating and it makes just making sure the, the finals game is running smoothly uh, so much easier, at least for me, from an administrative standpoint. So it's um, so it just encouraging the players to meet on using the backstabber client, essentially, um, for the final. Yeah, we don't, we don't actively push our players towards one platform or another, but we've found that Backstabber just tends to be a very versatile platform for all players, whether they be mobile or web, um, whether they're from Duplicity or from Play Diplomacy. Yes. And yep. the adjudication happens there? Yep. Okay. On, on, a, on, a, on another note, Ajax, how did you decide to set up this community? What was the... Mm. What was the moment where you went, ah, oh, I reckon an, a diplomacy <laughs> on um, Discord would be something cool to sink your teeth into? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I first started a number of years ago on an Android app called Droidopy. Uh, it was this terrible, terrible app. It was all buggy and everything. It looked terrible. It was a mess. But I had never played diplomacy before. And to somebody that was interested in international relations and political science, it just seemed like the perfect game. I mean, uh, facilitating and organizing interaction and, and stabbing and working together and, and trying to come together to solo when, I mean, the players are all against you. Sometimes the board is against you in terms of the stalemate. So I love the game. I was drawn, I was drawn to Droidopy, uh, very like immediately. But I found the more I played that it was a terrible playing experience because players would join the Jordopy app, they'd sign up for their first game, and then they didn't understand it, so they'd lose interest. 
uninstall the app and they'd leave the game. So essentially, you know, four or three players would be playing every seven player game. It was, it was a mess and it wasn't that much fun to learn. I think my first game ever, I was the United Kingdom and I learned to convoy over a span of four years while nobody else on the board moved. I just, I didn't know how to convoy. I couldn't figure out how to make it work. And so I sat there for four years and tried to convoy across the Belgium before I figured out finally how to do it. <laughs> I found, um, I found conspiracy right around the same time. For those who don't know, it's an Android app. It's a beautiful, beautiful interface. Um, there are some pretty good players on it. It's still plagued by civil disorder and NMRs, no moves received. But generally speaking, it's maybe one of the most beautiful interfaces you can find online today. Uh, I'm actually curious, have either of you ever played Conspiracy or used it? Kind of has. Do you want to talk about that, Kind of? You, you maybe you once um, did an episode where you discussed about using something. I think you explained the same issue that... Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful visual interface. It's um, uh, the number of you know, NMRs and CDs were astronomical yeah. in most of the games. Yeah, and look, I think yeah, one of the one of the nice things about the app, though, is that there's ways to, um, as you play more, you can kind of you start being placed with players who are also playing more. So as you go along and not NMR or not CD. Then um, you get you know, sort of get matched with other players who are not also um, disappearing. And am I right there, Ajax? That's, that's well, that's that's the intent behind the app. I think you're absolutely right. You've pegged it completely correctly. That there are uh, it's a beautiful game, but the majority of players don't actually end up playing the full way through, and that's that's really tough as a player. I want to get into good games. I want to play games with active players. I didn't personally like the play dip, web dip, v dip interfaces, and I wanted something that was on mobile that had an active community um, that had sort of this IM chat feature, and I wanted to be able to discern skill in a manner other than just by using the diplomacy app. I was number one on the diplomacy on the conspiracy app at the time, and I just felt like there was more of a challenge um, out there, and so I decided to start my own tournament. A number of top conspiracy players had formed a Discord server where we all would play each other in these private games. And I realized that Discord was a fantastic medium to take um, players from all these different sites. I know uh, Web Diplomacy has a Discord, Play Diplomacy has a Discord, Backstabber, Conspiracy, all of Discords. And I realized I could make my own Discord, bring all these players together, and then pit them against each other and, and see who really was um, the best online diplomacy player. And I'm quite happy with our efforts so far. We've put a lot of work into uh, going out, recruiting players, finding some of the best out there. I think Web Diplomacy has offered uh, to give a special Web Diplomacy prize to the finalist if the finalist happens to play on WebDip. <laughs> um, and, and it was out of that really a desire to bring the platforms together and grow the online hobby that I first started the Nexus. And how many um, how many mods and administrators do you kind of have to, to run a Discord server? Yeah. So I'm I'm the only administrator. I then also have oh my word, they're gonna kill me. 
I also have uh, five incredible mods that that do just a fantastic job, manage everything from player facilitation to matchmaking. Um, Gels, uh, DJ, iOSers, Ramon, and ZibQ are just absolutely incredible mods. Uh, they've put as much work into the server as I have, and it's all pro bono so far. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful to them. But they basically manage on a volunteer basis all the people, all the matches made, uh, all the tournament games going on. Right, right. The other thing I... Oh, sorry, you go. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Amby, you're next. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like, like very interview style. <laughs> it's kind of funny when we first started doing these interviews, like years ago. Um, like Kater and I would sit down and would work out a whole heap of questions in advance, and we'd usually kind sure. of send them in a in, you know uh, a copy through to whoever we were interviewing so they could prepare. <laughs> and nowadays, we just make it up. You know, as, as it comes, yeah. it's far more fluid. It's kind of like the way we tend to um, record. Oh, oh no, for I had I, I almost asked. I'm like, oh, are there any questions I ought to be expecting? But I've, I've really enjoyed this interview. It is quite fluid. Um, so, I mean, by bringing people together, I mean, I, I'm just looking at the moment at the, the, the finals game that's currently going on within the second tournament. And it seems to me the behaviour in that is very much like what you would get in a face-to-face game. Um, you know, as an example, in fall 1903, we've, well, we've got, I think, um, Italy managing to get into Romania with, with Russian support. Um, that's the type of move that you would never kind of see in a normal online game. So are you finding that the way the players are interacting is very much, you know, whilst they're using the online interface, it is, you know, the actual gameplay is very much the way a face-to-face game would operate from your experience? Yeah, I mean, I I can say firsthand, actually, as the TD, the tournament director, uh, and as the person watching and administrating the finals game right now, that... The amount of chat going on is incredible. It's it's amazing actually how many hours uh, the players spend communicating, facilitating moves, um, stabbing one another, agreeing with one another. It's it's funny. I've actually built up my favorite quotes of the game that I'll probably release when the game is over. Um, these are some very high level players of the sort that I think you would see in face to face games. I've gone to a couple face to face games um, with the Chicago group in North America. Uh, and I know that there are a couple other players. I can't, I, I can't reveal identities right now, but I know there are a couple other players who are top players on web diplomacy, play diplomacy, and who have gone to face-to-face games. So in the sense that the finals currently resembles a face-to-face game with crazy moves, there's, as you said, yeah, there's an Italy and Romania. You've got uh, Austria just fighting for his life between these two massive powers. Um, you've got a, a Germany who's you know, grown and shrunk as the games have gone on. I mean, this is this is really a crazy game, and I'd like to think it resembles some of the best of diplomatic game, gameplay online right now. So, how how okay? So the the, the face to face and the online world. Um, sometimes they don't see eye to eye, um, but in this scenario, because of the format, there's a lot more communication than perhaps would be normal. Um, how do you, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm asking this cause I'm kind of grappling with the question myself a little bit. How do you view the differences between face-to-face online uh, pros and cons kind of 
um, or are they cons to one and only the other ones are great? I'm just sort of putting that to you, Ajax. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, a preference, perhaps. I I think I could. <laughs> I think I could talk about your question for hours, and for the sake of the podcast, I think I'll decline to do so. Uh, first of all, congratulations at the Melbourne Open. I think Ambi <laughs> got second. Kanner got, is it fifth? Was that correct? Fifth, yeah. Fifth. Wow. Can, congratulations to you both. I think I came third, not not second. So. Oh, my. Okay. I Maybe maybe it was a board. It was like a distant second or something. I was, Behind... coming, I was coming second on the first day, but I came um, third. Oh, my word. It's fine. Very, very good. Uh, I was cheering you on. <laughs> uh, so, so you've had quite a bit of. I mean, maybe not quite a bit, but you've had some face-to-face experience. No, not a lot. I yeah. really that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just yeah. the online stuff has kind of rubbed off on us when it came to you know playing a, a face-to-face game. So, sure. Well, well, I think you can agree. Maybe I'm, I, I don't know exactly what your experience was like, but. The face-to-face game will give you a rush like no other. I mean, you're in there and you're in your first 15-minute rounds and you're going around, you're talking with everybody, you're trying to write down your orders and, oh my word, you can't imagine, you can't remember what provinces are where and all the different territories. It gives you an incredible rush. Uh, And there's the potential for misorder, there's the potential for um, looking over, you know, somebody's shoulder at their orders. There's all this... Uh, all this diplomacy and it's very real and it's very fresh and it's right in front of you. I I absolutely love face to face. The problem with face to face, though, is that it can't be done on a regular basis. And sometimes, uh, I mean, days or weeks go by without your meeting up with the players that you're playing with and discussing orders. So I I like to play games in my college dorm room, and sometimes I won't see. Um, the players that I'm trying to ally with or I'm trying to stab for days at a time. And so the games tend to drag on and sometimes we don't finish, which is a shame. The great thing about online diplomacy is that it's always right there. It's right in front of you. If you're using an app, uh, you get the notifications right in front of you and you can respond in your own time. Um, If you have just stabbed somebody, you don't have to look them in the eyes and lie to them about why you moved in on their territory. It's kind of less of a, a less of a guilty feeling there, um, and yet one one real problem, and I think we've discussed it already, uh, and Kaner mentioned it, is that the possibility of civil disorder or players just leaving the game is quite high online, and so far I have not found a platform anywhere that's been able to solve the problem of players just leaving games. Some platforms try and address it with reliability features, um, but it's still a problem that plagues even high-level diplomacy. And I think for the hobby to continue to take off in the online world, uh, platforms need to figure out how to solve this problem with civil disorder or no moves received because it really, really is plaguing the game. I love both forms of the game. They're great for different purposes, whether you want to play on your phone while at lunch at work or whether you want to sit down with your friends for a weekend and play a couple of high-level, fast-paced games. They really serve different purposes, and it's really fun to see uh, how the two can work together. If you're uh, stuck on diplomacy like I am, then you love both formats. (laughs) 
when I when I jumped on, there was immediately some um, there was some some immediate names I recognised straight off the bat. So there was um, Enriador, um, Captain Meme, JMO, and, and and a few others who are just oh yeah, I know I know those guys. I know those guys sure. from Web Dip, from B Dip. Um, do do people very often change their handle from the community they've joined from Ajax? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, generally, they they keep their handle. I know the the names you mentioned; those are all pretty familiar names to the diplomacy community. Um, but I think we were talking about Village Idiot a little bit earlier. Uh, I hope he approves <laughs> of his name being used again here. Um, but he's gone back and forth between Village Idiot and GSMX. Um, we have a couple people who had a big reputation on web diplomacy or play diplomacy and came to the Nexus and for just for the purposes of not disclosing their ability, decided to change their name and go under a totally different pseudonym. So it definitely happens. It's, it's funny. I was at this uh, face-to-face tournament and I was talking about some players that are playing on this server. I was trying to explain the Nexus to them and, and build some excitement for the Nexus. And I was talking about some of the players, just names that anybody online would know. I mean, Enriador is a, is a great example. He's all over the place. And yep. yet, I only know them by their handle, not their real name. And so people, people are looking at me like I'm crazy as I'm trying to tell them uh, some of the quality of the participants we have. <laughs> uh, well, that similar thing happened to me with a tin can at the uh, Melbourne tournament. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, one thing I just wanted to ask a little bit around um, when it talks to about you know face to face versus online and, and the differences between the two. Uh, one thing I, that kind of resonated with me in Melbourne was the fact that look, you don't just go off having you know conversations on a one on one basis within face to face diplomacy. It's not unusual. In fact, it's pretty common to have like a group of three or even four coming together and and, and doing some scheming. Um, that's the type of. Um, I suppose deficiency in say web dip and also v dip, but I know it exists within play dip. I'm assuming that the way the whole Discord server nature works is, you know, you can have that conversation with three or four players who are on the board at simultaneously or near simultaneously, obviously, um, compared to some of the other online platforms where it can just be a, a only a one to one conversation. Is that correct? Absolutely. We we can pull as many chats up between as many players as as necessary. You can have four-way alliances. You can have five-way, six-way alliances if there's this really unfortunate player uh, whom no one likes. Um, ultimately, it's just a matter of preference. If you like the the thrill of meeting up with people, of, of looking at somebody directly in the eyes and telling them that you're not going to the English Channel, you're going to Mid-Atlantic and then going to the English Channel right in front of them, uh, then that I'd say face-to-face is for you. Um, if you don't have that amount of time and want to play a game where the, the board is right there, you can see all the moves uh, displayed on the map. That's something that, that people don't always take for granted is the fact that you can see the moves on the map. It's not face-to-face. Um, I know with the wooden pieces, you can turn them up or or manipulate them to show what the moves are, but you don't actually see the lines or the arrows. Uh, in that's a major positive to online play. So there, there are a number of different things that, depending on your preference for one or the other, you might be drawn more towards face-to-face or online diplomacy. And here at the Nexus, we 
specifically um, are an online platform, but we'd like to cater for face-to-face people as well. So you mentioned earlier on about the Cold War tournament. Is that one currently going, that's currently going on as well, is that right? So you've got the yeah, classic it's... tournament, and, but the classic tournament's the official kind of, you know. Right, best of the absolutely. Best, whilst the Cold War one is, is more just that, um, that, that other process. And do you have plans for any other variants or you think at the moment that's where the, the core audience is? No one's really kind of screaming out for anything else? Um, so we, we definitely run in the, the Cold War and the Cold War is sort of fun because it's just, it's a little easier to manage. There are players that think that the 1v1 is a true test of diplomatic skill. I would decline to agree with that. I think that diplomatic skill is best um, va- evaluated through diplomacy and actually talking with players. But but sure, we'll we'll talk to the one v one players and let them have their uh, their chance to to feel proud. I think the thing with other variants is there are so many variants. There are so many good variants, uh, and I'm in conversation and contact with. A number of people who are making fantastic variants right now. David E. Cohen, for example, he's he's done some great work in a number of variants. I think we'd like to focus more on the core gameplay, both in the tournament, and then we're actually looking at expanding out into a ranked gameplay outside of the tournament. So we have players, Ambi, like yourself, you just joined last night who just join the server and want to get into a game, but the tournament isn't actually running right now. Right now we're in the finals. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at expanding our offerings for ranked play, just so anybody who wants to get into a game can get into a game whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're thinking and brainstorming right now about the possibility for building uh, an app where players would be able to come together on our platform uh, where we'll have the ability to deal with civil disorder, we'll have the ability uh, to add game master features and tackle some of the problems that we're seeing online and mobile platforms dealing with right now. Uh, these are all things that were very much in the conceptual, very developmental phase, but they're areas that we're looking to expand. And when we expand to those areas, variants might be one of the uh, options that we decide to uh, look at more closely. There is at the moment like a, um, uh, I don't know whether you call it a thread or how, how would you kind of, <laughs> what's the correct terminology within Discord, but like there's a <laughs> diplomacy for popes, which is something I've never heard of, just been whilst we've, you've been talking, I've just been having a bit of a scan through that, no, it's called a channel, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that that seems to be something I've never heard of and, and um, either, I want to say that, n- not in VDIP, which is obviously where a lot of the variants are and um, whilst I dive in and out of Playdip, I haven't heard of it there, but I might be totally wrong on that one. What's the, where's that coming from? Yeah, well, as you've mentioned, the online diplomacy community is absolutely incredible, and they've put a ton of time and work into developing variants, some with the vanilla game rules, some with their own mechanical features. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shade and all has worked very hard for a number of months on this diplomacy for Plopes feature. It features a larger game board uh, where each of the countries, like Germany, for example, is governed by three different players. So Munich will have their own Pope, uh, Kiel will have their own Pope, Berlin will have their own, and then together they try and work with a number of different rules to 
take over Europe in much the same way as classic with a couple different uh, orders. It's not directly affiliated with the Nexus. It's something that I've put a lot of time and effort into working uh, into working on trying to help develop, but it's something that's a little separate from the Nexus efforts, but it's a great example of the way that the online diplomacy community has worked hard to come together, uh, expand the game, and offer different developments to different players who might be interested in something slightly different than the vanilla model. Okay. So I just I just kind of went down that rabbit warren there myself, and I've, I've just joined a new... I'm still coming to. I'm, it's it's just an unfamiliar environment for me. Um, this this the the Discord chats and all of this, and I've ended up at Diplomacy for Pope's server. So let let for a moment, Ajax, imagine I'm a yeah, I'm completely technologically. We're we're old people. We don't know what we're doing. Disabled. <laughs> How how does Discord and and this function within the Nexus work for people like us who are luddites in this space and don't really understand? Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, there there are a number of offerings, and I think when you step into the Nexus, um, which you can access in in a number of different areas, but probably most easily on our website um, nexusdiplomacy.com. When you step into the Nexus, you're probably first impression will be, oh my word, I didn't realize how big this is. I didn't realize how many players there are. I didn't realize how many channels and tournaments there are. And then you go to a specific channel within the Nexus and you're greeted with even more links to more servers. It is a huge environment um, to step into. And I can see how there will be a number of players that would just be overwhelmed with the choice and possibility. I would say it's emblematic of just how large the diplomacy community is. And the Nexus project was really started to bring in all these different branches from all these different online sections of diplomacy, from play diplomacy, web diplomacy, V diplomacy, the different apps like Conspiracy and Duplicity or Backstabber, and bring them together and bring them into one. And then from this one uh, server, from this one Nexus, so to speak, that's how we got our name, players would be able to utilize their creativity to go out and uh, develop their own game modes, their own variants. So um, V Diplomacy, for example, is is one of the platforms that's most well-equipped to develop variants. I think it's very easy to port a specific variant map onto V Diplomacy. We'd like to have the Nexus be that hotbed of creativity um, of skilled and ranked gameplay and for diplomacy players to just get together and talk with other people that they know about the game they love. Um, I would say if, if you love diplomacy, if you love a specific part, maybe the historical connotations of the maps, maybe maps of the classic or maps of the variant, there's a place for you. We want the Nexus to be able to cater to those folk. If you're interested specifically in the mechanics of diplomacy, um, the political maneuverings, or maybe as Shade and Ellen Diplomacy for, Plo- for Popes is talking about, maybe the economic integration of some sort of, um, I don't know, financial mechanics into gameplay. You can go do that on the Diplomacy for Popes server. If you have always played on Conspiracy, but you're looking for an online web-based platform, you can go to V Diplomacy. 
so, so the nexus is really here for all platforms to expand the hobby and to continue to grow. We're working on uh, fundraising right now to continue to improve our website, to continue to improve um, perhaps a platform for, for ranked gameplay on our own platform someday. And we just want to continue as we develop to enable other apps uh, and un other online repositories of diplomacy and diplomatic gameplay to continue to expand and cater more to the players that love the game. Ajax, I'm just I'm just keeping an eye on the time. I don't want to hold you for too long. Um, <laughs> if 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 you if you had sort of a few things to say and you wanted to, you know, I mean, you're you're, you're making this nexus and it's pulling all these things together. Um, let's say I'm just listening to this podcast and I go, yeah, okay, that sounds like a really cool idea. I want to get in on that. I want to get involved. What what would what would you suggest I do? Well, first of all, I'd say one more time, go to uh, diplomacynexus.com uh, and right on the front page, there's a big link to join our Discord server. And then you're in, then you're part of the community. Um, I'm always online there. I'm always available. I love talking to new players and I love this game as much as the two of you do. And I want to see it uh, continue to succeed. Um, and if you're interested in a very specific section of gameplay or you want to just learn more about the game or how it works or how you can get involved, uh, I will always be on the, on the Nexus server. Great. If you, if you, yeah, sorry. If you want to get into a game, we have tournaments offered twice a year, uh, in the spring, in the fall, our next season, season three will open up in, uh, the beginning of September, late August actually will be opening signups and then the tournament itself will start in September. Uh, and if you just want to find a place where other diplomacy players hang out and talk about the game and discuss variants and moves, then just come relax in the server. You don't have to get involved in a game to be a part of our community. You don't have to be even good to get, uh, to become a part of our community. Uh, but if you like playing, if you want to play online and learn a little bit more about online, uh, diplomacy gameplay, then the Nexus is a place that we'd love to have you come by and, and get to know us. Um, in my personal experience, diplomacy gets a lot of its new players, actually, through students who are taking political science, maybe taking history or European history for the first time, and their teachers will actually put the board game in front of them and tell them to play the game out. Maybe whoever has the most territories at the end of a certain amount of time will be the winner or will get you know, an A in their class. And so players will actually start out, sometimes they'll actually go to the diplomacy subreddit for help and they, they don't know how to play and so they wanna get involved and they find the diplomacy community that way. However, I would argue that through conspiracy, through duplicity, through backstabber, they're not necessarily finding the community that they need. And so they'll join the game, not know how it works, not find anybody who wants to play with them, and then they'll drop out. Uh, here's a number for you. Bad Frog, the developers of Conspiracy, say that 20,000 people download Conspiracy from the Google Play Store each month. 20,000 people. However, of those 20,000, only a couple hundred actually stick around and become fully integrated into the app because players will join, 
They won't find anybody talking with them. They'll be a country. They don't know how to make the moves because they didn't read the tutorial. And all over the map of Europe, the six other countries are doing the same thing. They join. They don't know how to play. And so they'll uninstall the app and drop out of the game. And that leads to an environment that's just not fun for anybody. And it really hurts and stagnates the game. I think, and, and I'll say this, I, I wasn't planning to when I came into the interview, but, but you guys have been friendly. I've been working pretty hard with a number of different face-to-face groups on developing uh, an app that may be useful for both tournament play online and potentially tournament play in the future. Um, and I've put a lot of work into, a lot of time and a lot of money actually, into trying to pull together developers that are interested in creating this platform. You know, like I'm really interested to see how some of the stuff that you've been talking about will come together over the next year or so, you know? So I maybe it's yeah. a, it's a slow effort, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. And there are uh, players on the server that have thanked me and the mods for our efforts. And I can only say it is so much fun to do this for a community that loves uh, diplomacy as much as we do. And, and to talk with you guys on the show and to be able to talk with some of your listeners, um, you guys do a great thing here. I think we're doing a great thing on the Nexus and I'm I'm just so happy to see the online diplomacy community thriving as much as it has. Awesome. Thanks very much, Ajax. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Yep. Thank you. Pretty cool. Hey, guys. So, um, again, thank you very much for listening. It's a very short, sharp episode. Uh, apologies again that Kana can't be with us in a, a normal pub-style environment, uh, but that should be fixed in around about two weeks or so once he's able to get over the bit of a hump that he's currently in with WorkWise. If you actually go back and have a look at some of our... Um, Earlier episodes, you'll always find this time of the year, May, June, and getting a little bit into December, it's a bit hard to kind of nail him down. Uh, so, um, but after that, I think you'll find everything will be back to normal. So, thanks again, and hopefully, we'll hear from you. Well, start again. Hopefully, you'll hear from us very soon, although we can hear from you too. Um, as always, just pop by the uh, Diplomacy Games Twitter site, leave us a message, go to the website, diplomacygames.com, or um, look, just Google it, you'll work things out. You guys are smart. You play diplomacy. Okay, see ya. Amber here, and um, yeah, till next time. Bye.